0: Welcome to the Shift Changer Podcast, where we discuss the reality that shift happens and the most incredible experiences arise when we make a decision to be the change. Welcome, welcome. You are here. This is episode two of the Shift Changer Podcast. If you're new to this podcast, guess what? So am I. Today, we'll begin to lay down the groundwork for this podcast. Today's title is, Your BS is Blocking Your Shift Change. And I'll break it down by discussing three categories of shifts and why we don't see change and what is your BS. Okay, so now that I have your attention, let me clarify that by BS, I mean your belief system. Get your mind out of the gutter. With that said, every week I plan on giving you something to walk away with. I like to call these sticky note quotes. Short, sweet, to the point, and something you'll remember after each episode. So this week's um, sticky note quote is... When I shift my belief system is when I will see change, or when I shift my BS is when I will see change, whichever you prefer. So if life hasn't thrown you a curveball yet in 2020, just wait about five minutes. Okay, I'm totally not a pessimist. I'm actually a hopeful realist, but unfortunately, I don't know if this has been you, but this is life. It's hard. It's unfair, but it also has many hidden gems waiting to be discovered and incredible moments waiting to happen for us, through us. And a lot of times, it's when those curveballs are thrown at us. I like this quote I found. It says, Life kept throwing me curveballs, then God handed me a bat and taught me how to swing. At any given moment, we will get hit with a curveball. And y'all, I've lived long enough and have seen a lot to come to these two conclusions. One, they'll just keep coming. And two, those curveballs are thrown in our lives to shift us. The impact is up to us, though. It's what we do and how we react. That's the bat and our swing. Before we go into the substance of this episode, can I take you back a little bit? I feel like I need to share a little background info on how this podcast came about. For many years, I thought that my life would change when I just changed my perspective. I've even given this advice out so many times. In fact, if I've given it out to you, I'm so sorry. There's more that needs to change than your perspective. You see, as long as I could keep my perspective, I might make a change. And if I did, I might start, but chances are I wouldn't finish. If I lost my perspective, I'd go back to my default belief systems and then back to my original behavior. Then i try to get inspiration, get motivated, fired up, and attempt to make a change, then fail and quit. I usually got really mad at myself or projected that anger onto somebody else, aka my husband, or tell you that it was this or that problem as to why I didn't see change. Basically, I would project my failures and I wouldn't own a thing. There, I got to a point where I finally just got sick of the cycle. What I really wanted was to make an impact with my life, but I didn't know how to stop sucking at life. I don't know if you can relate to that or not, but this is where the editor would insert cricket sounds. Then about two years ago, I heard this podcast that was very pivotal for me. It was by this pastor, Pastor Levi Lusko, titled "You in Five Years." I had just turned thirty-five, and I really began to think about my life at forty. The takeaway message was: what you do now will be compounded by who you will become in five years. Well, that's great. I'm going to majorly suck at forty. I'm kidding. Thankfully, he had good news. If I wanted to change, I needed to do it now. So this podcast is a culmination of my past experiences and the work I did to truly reflect on who I was and what I was becoming. I pray it blesses you. So let's get started. All right. The definition of perspective means a point of view to look through or perceive. So you can say when I gain perception, I am aware and I'm conscious of something and I can better understand it. All right, so when I gain understanding, I am perceiving the intended meaning and I've gained that knowledge that comes through facts, information, skills, and/or experiences needed to come to that conclusion. Before I can come to a conclusion, though, my knowledge and understanding is supported by the principles of my belief system that helped me gain perception. We behave based on our belief system. foundational belief system through the knowledge we've gained through understanding and our perception. If I've confused you here, let me make it simpler. So to reverse engineer all that, if I'm looking at who I am and what I've been coming, then it's my belief system that drives my perception and it's my behavior that actually produces change. So when I shift my belief system is when I will see lasting change. All right, so let's get to the three shift categories. They are seasonal, situational, and spiritual. These shifts can be expected or unexpected, and you can go through a shift simultaneously or independent from each other. And I'll talk a little about a little bit about each one. Seasonal shifts are the ones we're most aware of. The best examples I can describe of seasonal shifts are springing forward or falling back in time change. And another obvious shift is the change of seasons from spring, summer, fall, and winter. The second category of shifts are situational. Situational shifts can be little, big, positive, or negative. They can go from unnoticed or to put you in a panic attack. A situational reaction is how you respond to that curveball or situational shift. We can call this an inconvenience, an interruption, a coincidence, a season, or it just happened. Some would just call it life. The third shift category is spiritual. This particular shift is the most unnoticed. For clarity, I am not talking about a new age vibrational shift, an energy shift, or oneness. I am talking about a spiritual awakening, but not the one that you may think of. I am talking about being awakened by the Holy Spirit regarding you or someone else's circumstance or situation. I am talking about being spiritually aware of what God is doing or or the spiritual warfare surrounding a circumstance or situation. Sometimes you can even get a pre-warning about what's about to happen. God allows for people to receive visions, dreams, and downloads on other people's behalf or on your own. This is when we need to fast and pray and lean into what God would have us do. This is what I mean by having a simultaneous shift. You're shifting in tandem with the situation and the spiritual or situational and a seasonal you are given spiritual insight on both. If you'd like more information on this, I'd be happy to share more later. So we've talked about shifts. Let's shift into change. I don't know if you see what I did there. <laughs> A change agent. A change agent is predominantly used in the business world. These are people inside or outside of the organization whose job is to make recommendations on, of change based on what they see is needed. Their focus is People interaction and how that affects their effectiveness and development. I feel like this person can be vital in our everyday life, like their role is something that you and me can be. We should be change agents. I think the best example I can think of as a change agent is Robert Irvine from Restaurant Impossible. Y'all, I love that show. Now, I don't have cable anymore, but I heard it's coming back on or it already is. Here's what you do. You write to into the show and why you need Restaurant Impossible and Robert's team to come to your place. And usually it's because the restaurant is failing. When the crew gets there, Robert pulls the owner aside and they watch through a secret camera, the employees' interactions, their customer service, the quality of the food, and many other things. Once Robert sees what is needed, he asks the owner if he's ready for him and his team to do the impossible. He gets permission from the owner first. Then they have two days and 10 grand to shift the entire restaurant and its structure, and it is crazy. A good part of the time, Robert is encouraging and teaching the owner to stay in the game because they usually want to stop the whole process. The host, Robert Irvine, is this swole hunk of a man who will tear you up and also show you how to rebuild your restaurant in his beautiful English accent. Do you know what the most interesting thing is? About 90% of the time, it is the owner who wrote in desperately desiring a shift because the restaurant is failing, but then they don't want to change. It was the owner's personal belief system that was the reason the restaurant was failing. Robert and his team not only restructure the entire restaurant, but Robert has a way of addressing the belief systems blocking the owners from developing a thriving restaurant and team. Once he gets to the root of those internal structures, he then helps shift change the owner. The owner then shift changes his restaurant and his organization, leaving a thriving shift change impact for the restaurant. You guys, it's such a good show. So if you have cable, go watch it. All right. So you might be thinking, that's great for this restaurant show, but what's this got to do with me? Okay. I'm recording this at the start of a new month, new year, and in a new decade. You probably have heard many New Year's quotes like, New Year, new me. 12 new chapters 365 new chances or this one if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you i feel like i've heard that word change 50 million times in the last 2 weeks and although i love the hype and excitement and excitement chances are we'll rewrite few chapters and we'll miss a lot of chances we all have good intentions but we're operating operating under an old belief system and that's why change isn't lasting I'm not talking about you, though. You want change, or else you would be listening to this podcast, so go you. But the facts are real, and I'm sharing this with you so that you can shift change. According to this article I read, by the second week of January, all of that change talk will start to crumble. I mean, honestly, that was last week. I know exactly how it feels to crumble, though. I used to be that person. I would hop on, hop off, get angry, frustrated, recommit, then forget my recommitment as fast as that bowl of chips and salsa came out. When I was a kid, my mom had this sign, diet tomorrow above the stove. And I saw it so many times that I would say it in my mind when I wanted a cake or a cookie, oh, diet tomorrow, and would just dig in. Raise your hand if if you've thought that before. One quote that stopped me from doing this is, Whatever you're not changing, you're choosing. To make it worse, my husband called me out on it. Ugh, it was such a low blow. I remember one night going to bed around midnight or one after watching an amazing marathon of The Real Housewives. And then I was unable to wake up when I said I was going to. Um. So the next morning he said, "Um. so what time did you go to bed? Uh. I don't know, I'm not a clock. I get super sarcastic when I'm avoiding the truth. I feel like if I can make you laugh before I tell you the truth that maybe you won't get as mad when you're laughing. I don't know. It's a shot in the dark I'm willing to take. To which my husband very patiently said, you know, you get angry because you're not making progress in your business. You're not losing weight and all of your other goals are not making progress. But I see you watching a lot of TV, not getting rest, not working out. Why do you do that to yourself? I said, I'm just tired and I don't, don't really know how to succeed, Josh. I know how to quit. "'You could say I'm a professional quitter,' sense the sarcasm. "'I'm a winner at being a quitter,' I said, to which I started to laugh because I didn't want to cry for my own pathetic words of defeat and how foolish I sounded out loud. He said very compassionately, "'The only difference between you and those women is that they're not really watching TV. They're in TV. They're being recorded, going after their dreams.' I couldn't even rebuttal. He was right.' And you would have thought that that would have gotten me up after that and started working, but I didn't. I went back to watching more TV. Pitiful, I know. I was operating and behaving out of my old belief system. But after a month, I started implementing personal development that one of my team members from the job I worked on the side swore by. After enough of hearing them and seeing them make progress, they looked confident and empowered. I thought, what the heck? I'd I'd give anything to not be fake happy. So in 2017, months later from my husband's wake-up call, I cut the cord on the housewives and TV altogether, except this is us. I finally got hungry enough for change. I read the books. I addressed my belief systems on my identity, confidence, and time management. So I have a question. What's your BS? What's your belief system? Okay. Maybe you don't know what your belief system is. Let me explain. A belief system is a set of principles formed by your religion, philosophy, or your own personal moral code. Let me break it down. Maybe religion is easy to define, so it's what you have faith in, right? You know that. Philosophy is what you believe your existence is built around, your knowledge, values, reasons, and in short, it's the way you think about the world. Your moral code is how you see living a good life, and it's heavenly driven by culture. An example of a personal moral code is like family first, be kind to others, and follow the golden rule. I would say that if you could see these as a triangle and it makes up who you are and what you believe, picture religion or faith at the top of the triangle with philosophy and moral code on each side. Faith is the catalyst to philosophy and moral code. They're interconnected and I bet you're wondering what this has to do with your belief system. Let me remind you of your sticky note quote, when I shift my belief system is when I will see change. Might I propose that why you've fallen off of your resolutions, gym memberships, relationships or friendships is not because you or the other person wasn't willing to change, but rather you didn't know how to maintain the change because you're operating with an old belief system and it's constantly overriding the change you've tried to bring about. The truth is we live in a world of a paradox. We all want improvement, success, growth, but we hate change. We live in a world where people proclaim change is coming or I've already changed, but often fail because they don't know how to maintain that change. Let's think about the caterpillar and the butterfly. They're the exact same insect, but over time they've changed. The only common denominator between the two is time when the caterpillar is his furry plump self eating leaves and pooping and growing, he's only thinking about being a caterpillar. He's not thinking, man, I really wish I was a butterfly. I'm gonna try to fly off this leaf. He would fall to a sudden death. And yet that's what a lot of people are doing these days, attempting to be something that they're not and not becoming who they are meant to be through the process of time. So side note, my daughter received a gift of caterpillars for her birthday. After a year of having this voucher, we finally had them delivered to the house to watch the whole process unfold, which, by the way, was incredible, and is where I came up with the whole thesis around this podcast. During the time the caterpillars had turned into a butterfly was the exact same time I was laid off, and I felt like it was a sign. Not to mention, I was completely fascinated. I felt like God was talking to me through this amazing metamorphosis. I began to have these thoughts— how does a caterpillar know when it's time to be a butterfly? And does the butterfly remember he was a caterpillar? So I looked it up. A caterpillar spends most of his time crawling, gorging on food, which you should see how fat they got in a short amount of time. It's pretty cool. They have what's called a juvenile hormone in their brain. And when it runs low, they find a spot to make a chrysalis. They know it's time to transform. Side note again, the caterpillar must really be in tune with his body to know when that hormone is low to go to find a place to hang. Can you imagine if he missed his moment? How many of us do that in real life? Miss moments because we're not listening to our body or are too busy being distracted. The caterpillar doesn't think while he's a caterpillar that he should be a butterfly, nor does he rush the process to be what he's not. He is what he is at that very present moment. The, the caterpillar is becoming who he's supposed to be in that season of his life. And when his body tells him, he then becomes what he needs to be in the next. He's not afraid he's going too fast or too slow. He's simply happy doing what he's created to do and becoming who he's created to be. Now, I say happy because I've never seen a sad insect, unless it's a roach and I'm going to kill him. There is so much spiritual truth here, but I need to finish, so I'll touch on this later. I hope you gather what I'm talking about. Anyways, the caterpillars following the DNA blueprint laid out for him, just like the butterfly. They never consider why they are the way they are. They just are, and they, then, then they become in time. That leads me to the next question. Does the butterfly remember being a caterpillar? The answer I found is no. In their chrysalis, the caterpillar's body turns into a goop. Then in time, it becomes a butterfly. By the way, if you've ever seen this process, the chrysalis... Once it's green, it starts thrashing around and it turns black. It's kind of creepy. I thought I had killed my own butterflies. And I was like trying to figure out how I was going to tell my daughter that I'd killed her butterflies. <laughs> Anyways, after the, the chrysalis turns black, the death of the caterpillar begins. This once hairy plump tree crawler that used to eat leaves will now be transformed into this beautifully sleek butterfly with the ability to soar to tall trees and drink nectar. His entire body has changed, and yet studies show that his mind can still remember negative experiences. There's still this one thing that needs to shift before his total transformation. I noticed in our own butterfly experience that there was some type of dark blood or excretion that came out after they had emerged from the chrysalis. They immediately remove this, and it's the last part of the caterpillar that's in their stomach which is now considered metabolic waste. Prior to taking flight, they have to get all of that out of their system, and then they're fully a butterfly. So it's safe to say that in order for the butterfly to fully become who he was created to be, he must remove the unnecessary waste prior. Okay, so what about his belief system? The old belief system no longer serves the butterfly. So how can we then expect a metamorphosis or change without dying to our old belief system? How can we be without becoming? Your BS is blocking your shift change, but when you shift your belief system is when you will see change. I hope that all makes sense to you and that blesses you. On the next episode of the Shift Changer podcast, we'll be talking about ways to shift your belief system. Hey, before we go, can you take a minute to rate and review this podcast? I'm on a mission to shift change the world and I would love your help by your review. Thank you so much. And until next time, remember shift happens. Let's be the change.